Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, coming at you on January 5th, 2022. Today, we do not have a singular movie review for you, the audience. Instead, we are going back. We are looking back at the year 2021, the year of our Lord, and we are going to go look at all five MCU limited series, TV shows, whatever you want to call them. We haven't officially ranked any of these. We've talked about them all during WandaVision. We talked and we speculated. All during Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we talked and probably complained all during loki all during not not really all during what if but all during hawkeye touched on these shows today we're giving them a definitive patent pending tv show ranking scale we're gonna we're gonna go through the categories all five shows it'll be a little bit shorter than a typical movie review obviously because we got to cram five in we don't want to do a five-hour podcast for you and then we're gonna rank them one through five you know, based on how good they are. And then we also are going to compare them to the entire 2021 MCU slate, which also includes movies such as Spider-Man, No Way Home, Black Widow, Eternals, Shang-Chi. Y'all know the drill. Ty, you got anything else before we jump into this? I'm excited. We got nine MCU things this year. Um, they were all, they were most good. Um, <laughs> and it'll, it'll be fun to talk about. Let's get into the show. 60% of the time, it works every time. John Stamos. What? We just become best friends. Yep. I don't feel so good. Smash! I'm not fucking leaving. The show goes on. Okay, Ty. Some housekeeping before we jump into our five patent pending TV ranking scales. Uh, Morbius has been pushed back. Uh, it was supposed to come out later this month. It was going to be, I believe, three weeks from now, our episode. I believe it came out like the 27th or 20th, one of those Thursdays slash Fridays. Um, instead, 
with Omicron, everything going on. Plus, I think Spider-Man's still doing well, so they're kind of just like, hey, let's just let that run its course. Um, pushed yeah. it back April 1st, April Fool's Day. Um, so there's that. We don't have a MCU-adjacent movie to review until April 1st because uh, Strange, you know, doesn't come out till May. Um, we might get, you know, Moon Knight or whatnot in February, March. That's a speculation, but we'll see. We haven't got any confirmed dates on those. Yeah, it's the 7th delay for morbius if i'm not mistaken which is just wild <laughs> that's yeah that's pretty brutal and i mean we could we could throw on our theory hats and like they saw the success of spider-man and everything and now they're like hey let's make a little bit of tweaks with uh adrian tombs hawkeye and everything i don't know i was talking to you before the pod i think it's a red herring i wanted to write an article on it on our website within the lines.site but i just couldn't find a way to articulate my thoughts into written form even though that's my career um I, I just think it's a red herring. It's going to be, uh, speaking of WandaVision, a Ralph Bond, a Ralph Boner. It's going to be something like that. Um, but we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they just, I'm wrong. I don't know. As much as I hope you're wrong, I think you're right. Yeah, it's just the release of it. Like, Morbius was supposed to release, like, a year before No Way Home. And they were doing, that's what, you know, Disney and Sony had their legal battle in 2019. And, like, yeah, they could always go back and change things. But they first showed Keaton in that first trailer, which was, you know, February, March, whatever it was, of 2020. Um, you know, before the pandemic, at least, because I don't think they would have released the trailer during the pandemic when everything was shut down. Um, no, I yeah. could be wrong there. Um, I could easily fact, fact check it, but I'm not. I'm just going to use conventional wisdom and logical thinking that the trailer came out before the pandemic 2020. It's still going on with the stuff with Spider-Man. They probably weren't even sure if they were going to be able to do the multiverse thing because Tom Holland has said it was going to be a Craven the Hunter movie if they couldn't do the multiverse. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they had plans of just like, Maybe their plan was just like at the time they were like, hey, we're just going to get Spider-Man and Sony. So we're just going to take his villains or whatever. Like they're just ours, whatever. And then things changed. They worked out a deal with Disney, but Michael Keaton's obviously still in it. So it could just be a this is this universe is Adrian Toomes vulture, you know. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, first trailer. I did fact check. January 13th, 2020. Yeah. So there's no way at that time. Like they they. We're, I don't know. I don't think they were still going on legal battles, but they wouldn't have like teased this whole multiverse like kind of thing, you know, almost two years before Spider Man. And Spider Man was originally supposed to come out in the summer of 2021. It got pushed back to December, but it was still a full year after uh, the original Morbius release date. So yeah, it could have been teased something, but we've already seen Spider Man. We've seen the ending of it, and like my theory of him being spoiler of him being in a different universe didn't come true. He's still in theory in the MCU, and. It comes out before Strange, so you can't even say, like, Strange is going to cause it. I don't know. I, I just – it's red herring. That's all I got to say. It's going to be a Ralph Boner. Yeah, and with that, too, um, the like, the writers of Spider-Man said, like, they had this story lined up before uh, Loki and, like, the ending of Loki with the branch timelines and stuff. Okay. So, like, it, it just – there's just no correlation that could make sense as to why they would do that in Morbius as opposed to, you know, Spider-Man. Yeah, it's, it's all a marketing thing, too. Like, they didn't show Tom Holland in the marketing for Venom. They didn't show Venom in the marketing for, um, you know, Spider-Man. Like, there's a reason they're showing it. It's so the speculation. It's so people like us talk about it, and we go see what's up, and then it turns out to not really be anything. Um, but that's the marketing machine. And I don't know, though. It's comic books. I mean, comic books are crazy. They do whatever they want in the comic book world, so why can't they do whatever they want in the cinematic world? I'm not going to complain. I mean, they really can do whatever they want, so... I don't know. They really can. They can use, they can, you know, make realistic costumes. They can use their comic book costumes uh, like we first saw in WandaVision, Jay. Yeah. Um, is that, <laughs> I guess that's the trend of the whole show is we got, like, the original costume of pretty much everyone. 
um, besides maybe Winter Soldier, unless I'm just completely missing something. Obviously, Falcon, he's the quote-unquote Captain America. But yeah, original costumes for everyone. Started with WandaVision, started with Wanda Maximoff and Vision on Halloween. Um, maybe the most organic way they did it. I mean, they had the classic Loki as a Loki variant. That was organic. Hawkeye felt forced. Hawkeye felt very forced. I'm going ahead, but the costume felt forced, that is. Like, <laughs> you could tell they wanted yeah. to do it. Um, I'd agree with that. WandaVision, <laughs> though, man. It's been a year... It released, what, last January? My dog was a little pup. I had to watch him with a, with a keen eye. My life was different. I remember they dropped two episodes, the 50s and 60s. Then, you know, obviously they go through the decades. You get the 70s, the 80s. You got the Malcolm in the Middle episode. You got the Modern Family-esque episode. And WandaVision was the right show to go on first. And I'm just trying to give my overall thoughts before we jump into the scale. It was the, it was the right show to do first. The speculation... Just the weirdness of it. I think if they would have started, and I think this actually might have been their original plan. Um, I could be wrong, though. If they would have started with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I don't know. Maybe it would have turned some people off. They're, they were just kind of like, oh, these are big MCU movies. Maybe they wouldn't have got the casuals. Instead, they gave us a something that's much must-watch TV. And even though Loki somewhat recaptured it and Hawkeye a tiny, tiny bit, nothing recaptured it like WandaVision where everyone was talking about it. It was appointment viewing. It crashed Disney+. Plus Like... It was the perfect thing, even if it was by accident, to kickstart this kind of new era of Marvel content where they're focusing on these long-form stories. Yeah, I, obviously, like, their intention was for Falcon and Winter Soldier to come out first. And I'm super glad it didn't because the way WandaVision just got everyone talking, like, that's that's the big selling point with these kind of split-up miniseries as opposed to one movie. Like, a movie comes out, everyone talks about it. And even like Spider-Man, like we're a few weeks past Spider-Man now and the conversation has significantly died down. But the fun thing with these um, is, you know, Netflix for a while did like Stranger Things and they would release all of them at once. And streaming's kind of gotten away from that because it's so much more enjoyable for the fan base when it's weekly and you can have that week-long conversation about the last episode and then the next week. And, then, and so you have, you know, something that is being consistently talked about and viewed and enjoyed for a month plus with these kind of series. And WandaVision was the perfect one to come out and kind of kickstart that. And the, the theories and the speculation and the breakdowns and all of it was just so good in this show. And it was perfect to be the first one. Yeah, and even, I mean, some of the theories and speculation may have fallen flat and it may have led to some disappointment um, at the end of the day, but... <laughs> No, and I'm glad you mentioned the whole Netflix, you know, releasing everything at once is it, it's gone away from that. Like you said, I mean, episodic television. I mean, you think of the Sopranos. I know neither of us have watched Sopranos, but our Sopranos episode, go check it out if you haven't. I don't even remember what that movie is, but the Sopranos prequel, that's the top five episode of the year. Um, but things like the Sopranos, Game of Thrones was really the last thing to do this. And that was all HBO premium stuff. Like every week, yeah. everyone's talking about it. You got to see it. You know, Netflix comes in, you binge everything. Hulu's not really thing as Netflix, but and then Disney saw the success of Game of Thrones, I'm sure, and saw the success of The Sopranos back in the day. It's like we need to recapture that. And there's shows like Succession and these other shows that are still doing it, but Disney really cracked the code. Not just with Wandavision, we're talking, you know, uh, Mandalorian. We're talking now the Book of Boba Fett, which we probably should talk about on this podcast. Um, I need to catch <laughs> up though. They've really cracked the code with this and. WandaVision, not only for the, the theories and the speculation, just how crazy MCU fans are as is with this, these kind of things, but the weirdness of the show, how every episode was different. Loki and even Loki was the next most weird, but every like 
all the other series like told like a story, you know, like you know, obviously they all tell stories, but it, it was a free flowing story as whereas WandaVision had that free flowing story throughout, but it was also kind of broken up because of the decades thing they t- tried and the unique thing they did that they couldn't do in a movie. And it's just, I don't know. It was the perfect way to do it. Whereas if Falcon and the winter soldier came out first, like planned, you might've had some naysayers that were like, Hey, I'm just waiting until all this comes out. Like I, I waited a week for, you know, weeks by weeks for Falcon and the winter soldier. It wasn't as good. I'm just going to wait till the next one comes all the way out, then watch it. And then the conversation is not as heavy and, you know, maybe people still get into it, but it was great, man. It was, it was great. Let's yeah. jump into the scale plot slash story. Like I mentioned, you have this overarching story with confusion. Obviously we know the whole thing now, you know, want to take control of the city. Um, I thought the payoff was a little dull. I think it could have been better, but I think part of that's also our expectations. Um, but just the intrigue of keeping the audience interested every week telling this kind of crazy story using the sitcoms while also telling a great character arc, which I'll jump back to in characters, but the character arc of Wanda and kind of her slowly cracking and everything coming back to reality. And that's being told throughout the course of the season. I gave it, I probably should give a higher. I gave it a 15. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit more love than you did a 17. I, I thought I strongly agree the payoff. And as you'll see with most of these, the one thing that sucks about building up all this hype over a month is the payoffs just don't hit like you want them to. Yeah. Um, and it happens with almost every single one of these shows. There's only one show where the finale felt like it was worth the buildup. Um, but WandaVision's story that it told and the weirdness and just genuinely trying to figure out what the fuck is going on every single week was so much fun. Um, and you know, the story they told and how they told it with, you know, maybe some choices that I didn't love with the fake brother um, with Quicksilver <laughs> and stuff throughout that story. And, and you know, having, um, oh, what the fuck is her name? Agatha? The, the villain lady. Agatha. Yeah, Agatha. Having Ag- Agatha as like the red herring and, and kind of, you know, drawing attention off of Wanda, making you think, well, maybe Wanda isn't in control. Uh it, it it all worked out really, really, really well. And I thought this story was just fantastic. Yeah, I think in the grand scheme of things, like the ninth episode lacks a little. Like the climax, not only just from our expectations, but just the way they did it. And like, it's just kind of a, a generic fight scene. But they also bring in White Vision. Like you have that whole Vision, you know, kind of subplot too, where they're trying to remake Vision and everything going on there. Um, I was shocked by my 15. It should have been higher. I, I, I did a 16, so I, I bumped it up one, like... I don't like changing as we go along, but when I was literally shocked by my own score I gave, I realized I didn't, I don't know, I just didn't give it the right thing. Um, Visual cinematography tie. So this is obviously different than everything else because of all the unique shit they did. And while I think some of the the Wanda magic might not have looked fantastic, you know, episode nine, like I said, some of the action might not have been as good as other MCU films. You think of a movie like Shang-Chi, which just has one of the best hand-to-hand combat in the entire series, entire franchise. Um, It's lacking those little bit of things that hold it back from a 20. But for me, it's an 18. They knocked it out of the park with the whole 50s, 60s, the decade, the accuracy of it, you know, the, the sets, everything. They just knocked out what they were trying to do in terms of the visuals and cinematography, which is really important for the show. Yeah, I... Like, honestly, if it wasn't for the bad CGI of the last episode, and, and that could maybe be, you know, COVID issues or, or whatever for them, this being the first one and not knowing how much money they really spend on these shows, yeah, um, it, it's a strong 20 for me. What they did has never been done before to where 
you're telling one story and it's one set that you're constantly changing and doing things the way they did it years and years ago. Um, it, it, it's incredible. It really is. Um, so I, I gave it a 19. The bad CGI, I, it would feel wrong giving it a 20 with how bad it looked in the last episode. But everything else is just the first of its kind in, in a, this really special way to where they have to create entire organic um, time accurate sets for one episode. And then they start the process all over and change the sets and set it up for a different type of thing. And all of that and everything they did and the techniques they used and how they shot things where they went super practical on the early stuff and then incorporated CGI and the later stuff and everything. And, and it, it was, it was incredible. It was really, really, really cool to watch. Yeah, for sure. Um, key elements next in the category, kind of a mixture of, the story and the cinematography and what they were trying to do with this show. Um, and this is, you know, I, I always say key elements is like the easiest thing to get points in, but I, I felt weird with this because it's like they knocked out the key elements. We talked about them in visual cinematography. They knocked out the key elements of the decades and it changing and everything going on there, but it is still an MCU property. And while it had all the speculation, all that is fantastic. Like again, that last episode and the payoff and the payoff to the story kind of hurts and the, the Ralph Boner joke. Um, kind of hurts that because you, you tease the multiverse and they keep teasing it and they keep teasing it. And then to hire the other actor only to make his last name boner. Like I it's, it, it could have been so it, it, it's already an a plus or it's an a based on my score. I gave it an 18 out of 20. That's I guess 90%. It's an a, it could have been an a or an a plus with a few small tweaks, maybe some better CGI, maybe some more dedication to the action scenes with Wanda. It's hard because of the kind of, you know, hero she is, but I gave it an 18 for key elements. Yeah. I, I went a little lower. I gave it a 16. Um, I, I think that and then, like, the aerospace engineer after teasing the multiverse and then teasing, <laughs> like, a, like a, I forgot about that. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, that was a big thing. And, like, everyone went crazy over it because you figure it's comic books and they can do this. And they just pulled in a different Quicksilver and what the fuck are they going to do next? And while it was very, very intriguing, a big part of how intriguing something is is how the payoff works with all this mystery that you build up. And they, they kind of shit the bed um with that part and and so between that and the action 16 is still a really good score but it, it wasn't what it could have been yeah i completely forgot about the aerospace engineer i mean it, i think it ended up just being that military general i think that's who it was if i'm not mistaken yeah just completely random non-consequential character um which if they would have just said hey i know an aerospace engineer or like I, they didn't even have to say that like just the the way they teased it which might have been intentional keep the people interested red herring you know obviously the payoff when they eventually do the mr fantastic reed richards because they're going to they've already announced it um will be great but yeah it was a little bit like uh, upsetting you know but i forgot about the aerospace engineer because i know you were more heavy on it than i was like i was like open to it but i was like i don't know ty i don't know if they do mr fantastic reed richards whatever like and then yeah it was just completely nothing so which i don't know what's worse completely nothing or ralph boner they're they're both awful, but Ralph Boner takes the cake on that. That's just to set something so big up and then just make it a dick joke. Come on, guys. come on. Oh. Uh, next next up is characters. Um, this show was nominated for I think twenty three Emmys. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, twenty three Emmys, and two of them were acting. Uh, and I think Paul Bettany was really good as Vision. But Catherine Hahn and and uh, Elizabeth Olsen in their respective roles were fantastic throughout all of this. And while I hated the Ralph Boner um, and, and that kind of stuff, I think 
Darcy Lewis and and uh, Agent. Um, oh, what the fuck's his name, Jason? The magician. I don't. I can't remember his name. Is... Magician cop guy. Yeah. Uh, they they were fantastic. The acting in this was really really good. Um, I, I liked the the weirdness and and the story with Wanda Wanda and how Paul Bettany's kind of piecing it together while also still being on the same side. I gave it an eighteen. Agent Wu. Jimmy Wu. Agent Wu. Yeah, Jimmy Wu. I gave it a 17. I mean, you, you hit all the same points that I was going to hit. I mean, the acting in this is it's it's just really good. I mean, Elizabeth Olsen, she, she nails her role and just you slowly see her cracking and I mean, she's acting like she's in the 50s and 60s, but like more so that the scene, the flashback scene where she goes to the house that her envision, you know, they bought that land and they were going to settle down there in Westview. And was it called Ooh. was the real town Westview or was that her made up name? I think it was her real town right it was, it was yeah it was the real town okay um she goes to that plot and like just you know and you see her kind of breaking down and that's when she just starts creating the alternate reality like she she just nailed it like the emotions in this the when she turns to the scarlet witch and just become well i don't is she technically the scarlet witch yeah i mean i guess she had the costume yeah. on she was a bad yeah. bitch like she played a bad bitch <laughs> um fuck yeah agatha i thought Count catherine Han- catherine hand excuse catherine cat catherine Catherine Hahn. I thought she was very good as well. Um, for me, it's Elizabeth Olsen. She kind of carried the cake for me. And, you know, you get into these high scores. I always say 18 is like my awards and 17. I mean, it did get nominated for a bunch of Emmys. Um, it, it's just great. I mean, it's great. I don't want to try to explain why I didn't give it a higher score by like necessarily bashing it. You know, I just think there's certain levels and it was just, it was right up there. Maybe a better villain, better. Well, not better villain. I don't know. 17. <laughs> Yeah, no, they, it was it was really good. It's hard to get higher than that. But two Emmy noms, I mean, Emmys are obviously the equivalent of an Oscar. We don't usually talk Emmys on this show because we're a movie pod. Um, <laughs> they were fantastic, though. They, they, everyone was really, really good, and it was very well performed. And the struggles of the different things, it's it can't be spoken enough of how, how fucking good they were in this show. Which leads us to enjoyment, Ty. On a scale from 1 to 20, I enjoyed this at an 18. Mm, me too, brother. 18 um could have been a 19 or 20 some of the payoffs i guess i mean it didn't have to be reed richards you just didn't have to tease it it didn't have to be multiverse quicksilver it just didn't have to be a a boner joke like if you just don't do the aerospace engineer tease and you can even keep the other actor in and like just not make it a boner joke and i you know people still would have been disappointed oh we thought it was this quicksilver whatever it wouldn't have been as bad and i guarantee with those two things at least i probably would have gave it a 19 that's the only thing that's hurting it for me. Yeah, for me, episodes uh, I, was and, yeah. six episodes. So like episodes one through four is a twenty out of twenty for enjoyment. No, I think it was like me. nine, wasn't it? I thought it was. That, that's what I thought. I thought it was longer. So probably like episodes like one through six, twenty out of twenty. Uh, I mean, it's incredible, and like that first viewing experience and the and the enjoyment of trying to figure out what's going on is you can't match it. It's the payoffs. It's the ending that takes away um, from being a fucking perfect score. Ep- uh, nine episodes. Okay, so yeah. Two of them, the first two were released together, January 15th, um, and they were a little bit shorter. Um, yeah, that gives me a final score, Ty, before we move on to Falcon and Winter Soldier. My final score is an 87. My final score is an 88. Um, I know we went over this before, Jay, just throwing it out there. Made some small adjustments to other things, so you never know what's going to happen. Okay, um, and we, we will unveil the rankings at the very end with the consensus scores. Next up, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the second show to debut on disney plus for the mcu um this was a show that 
was supposed to be first. And reportedly, I was actually looking this up to do research. I was talking to Daniel about it. It, it hasn't been confirmed that this is the case, but it's like strongly, strongly speculated. And like 95% is true that the original plot was supposed to be about something with some sort of global plague and the, the flag smashers being, you know, vaccines, whether those vaccines were to to plague the people or to save whatever it was. It was something related to that that had to be changed because of COVID-19. And it's smart. They made the change. They definitely had to because if not, you know, Alex Jones would still be talking about it. Um, but it seemed like a series that had an original story and was mostly put together. And then you had to change 35% of it and you could tell. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, you could tell 100%. Um, with that being said, it was very, very good. Uh, you know, did a very good job with the representation and telling stories and having a minority um, be one of the main leads and making it very known that it was a black man being the lead and having a story revolving around that social commentary. Um, that, yeah. The social commentary, all of that still played. It was just kind of the other stuff they had to panic and change, which really sucks too, is because like, those are really important messages and we've talked about it time and time again. I don't have to hammer the nail in even further, but you know, those are really important things and really important messages. And it's just like, it, it's getting, way down because the overall product wasn't as good as these other shows where, you know, it, the message might not fully get out to, you know, some people because they just saw the show as something that wasn't as good as the other ones because, you know, without giving anything away, it probably wasn't. Um, plot slash story, I gave it an 11. Um, I think the Flag Smashers thing, you it was clunky. The whole thing was clunky about that. Uh, Zemo, I, I, I don't love them – Forming an alliance with Zemo, I get there was like, you know, they, they had, you know, um, um, similar goals, whatever, reason to align. But I, I still don't like it. Like, you build this up as, like, the guy in Civil War that kind of, like, you know, does these things. And, like, I, I still don't love that. Um, and it was just, you know, I like the stuff they did with U.S. Agent, the slow turn of U.S. Agent. And you could slowly see him, you know, that's kind of characters too, but slowly seeing him kind of turn to the dark side. He doesn't fully get there, but he's, like almost there and like you know setting the things up for the future i like the whole social commentary and kind of falcon's journey i give it 11 he doesn't fully get there he decapitates a man with the shield he does i guess yeah <laughs> he's just not like super dark yet but yeah you're right no uh you said you gave it an 11 yeah yeah i gave it a little bit higher 13 um i, I think the social commentary and that kind of the 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 story that played out with us agent and that kind of stuff it, it really worked for me it was the Flag Smashers. It was Zemo. It was the Sharon Carter twist that just didn't work. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, you know, that's the kind of stuff that didn't work for this. Um, but, you know, the, the other stuff and everything else, I, I enjoyed a decent amount. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, cinematography. Um, this one after WandaVision kind of is very cut and dry, regular MCU stuff. Mm -hmm. Um and even with that, not a lot of, you know, it's very ground level heroes. It's not like something in space with crazy visuals or anything. With that being said, I gave it a 16. Um, they had some really good shots. The the, the fighting scenes were shot really well. Um, the, the ending, I think it is of episode four with him decapitating the guy and you have like the blood on the shield and shit. Mm -hmm. um, there were some very impactful shots and everything. It just wasn't to WandaVision level, obviously. Yeah, and you could still score really, really high with this grounded kind of um, action, you know. I mean, Shang-Chi, I'm bringing it up again, but it, it does have its, you know, extreme, uh, you know, sea monsters and everything. But, like, 
the hand-to-hand combat is fantastic in that film and the hand-to-hand combat and this is great and i mean the the cinematography uh obviously cinematography um trying to think of another word here it, it's good though you know like the the fighting scenes are good the you know being on the cars and kind of the way they were shot and the you know the actual uh choreography that's the word i was thinking of um it's all really good i gave it a 15 as well um it could have been higher like it, i'm not saying I don't want to say 15 out of 20 those five extra points are great CGI because you can get a really high score without great CGI and, you know, everything. I just think, you know, there's other MCU properties that thrive more in this particular area, and it was good. It was fine. There was nothing bad. There was nothing great, you know? Well, there was – Yeah, you said 15 as well. Yeah. What? Nothing. 15. You said 15 as well. I give it a 16. I just want to be very clear about that. Oh. (laughs) Don't don't go robbing me of my points here. (laughs) My apologies. Uh, key elements. Even though the story sucked, I still gave it a 16 for two reasons. One, it is very much an MCU um, show, almost to a fault, because they kind of rely too much on Sharon Carter and Zemo. Um, but it is very MCU. It's more classic MCU, uh, Phase 1 MCU. Maybe not so much Thor. I mean, Hulk's obviously a big green fucking monster. But, like, some of these more grounded stories where it's not the fate of the fucking universe, you know, on the line. Um, which... It's refreshing. It is a little refreshing, you know, to have that. And I think they kind of went back to those roots a little bit. Um, I had another point. Oh, and then the social commentary. I mean, that was a huge, huge, you know, driving point of the show um, was the message they were trying to send and the representation. I think they hit it out of the park, you know, not only like, you know, showing this representation, but the uncomfortable conversations and everything about it and like the the tie-ins to reality. I really like the way they did that. And again, it's just a shame that the story fucking wasn't great because we'd be talking about this more than we are. Yeah, I, I give it a 15. I'm right there with you. Um, I, I think the reps, representation and everything, they did a very good job of. Um, especially coming off Black Panther and like them doing such a good job on that. They continued it with this. Um, you know, it was really good, the Isaiah Bradley arc and everything that involved him. And, you know, using those comic influences to real life things and putting that on a, you know, on a streaming platform today with so many eyes on it was fantastic. Um the action was good. Um, the stakes weren't as high, which is fine. But, you know, the payoff and everything at the end, just it is what it is. Um, it did try and set some stuff up at the end, but it just didn't. It was good. 15 is a good score. It just didn't do anything to take it to that next level for me. Characters. I read my score for a different thing, and I was confused for a sec. This makes a lot more sense. Characters, <laughs> I gave a 14. And it's driven, driven, driven by Anthony Mackie and... Um, not Sebastian Stan, but Don Cheadle Sebastian got Stan. an Emmy for this. Um, no, it's Sebastian Stan. <laughs> <laughs> but Don Cheadle did get an Emmy nomination for this, which is fucking absurd. Just the most, just the most ridiculous nomination I've ever seen in my entire life. I, I genuinely – I was like, why the fuck is he saying Don Cheadle? I forgot he was in this. <laughs> um, no, again, handling the, you know, the uncomfortable topics, Anthony Mackie did great. The chemistry with him and Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan's a great actor. You know, he continues to do his thing. Showing a little bit more of the human side of, a, you know, the Winter Soldier, which we got in the show. But even that would have been more cool, you know, cooler to explore more than the fucking Flag Smashers. It's kind of, you know, his apology list and all that. We get the human side of him. Villains, Flag Smashers sucked. Zemo, Sharon Carter, not great. 14. Yeah, I'm right there with you. 13. I think the chemistry between Anthony Mackie and Spash and Sam is always good in every movie they're in together. Um, there could have been more of like the emotional character arc with um, Sebastian Stan. Like the, they set it up and then kind of ignored it for a while and then just kind of came back to it at the end. Yeah. Um, the, the villains were so bad though. So bad. US agent, US was, agent good. was good. Uh, um, what's his name? 
Kurt he, Russell's son. What's his name? Yeah. Wyatt Russell. He, I thought he did yeah. really, really good. I, I didn't mention him in my opinion. I thought he did great. Yeah, I think those three were good. It's just everything around them was not. Except Don Cheadle, who got an Emmy nomination. Correct. Correct. I don't. That can't be overstated. Emmy nominated Don Cheadle. <laughs> guest. I mean, I guess it is a guest actor in a drama, but like guest actor, he was in it for five minutes. <laughs> like that is the definition of guest actor. Like shit, might as well given it to the freaking um, you know, the Wakandans. I I don't know their name. Excuse me for my ignorance, but what the fuck did Don Cheadle do? <laughs> yeah, I, it was so unconsequential too. Like, there's just nothing like it. Like, he had one little talk. Like, it, it was, it was stupid. Enjoyment. I gave it a fourteen. Um, I, I, despite all the flaws, I did enjoy what they were trying to do. Um, I, I had a good time with it. You know, obviously, I like some other things significantly more, <laughs> but I did have a good time with this show. A little bit of disappointment for you though, because I remember how excited you were for this. Oh no, I before all these released i was hoping this would be the very you know the best one i had super high hopes for this and it 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 was let down but maybe my high hopes still kind of hold up this score to a 14 well they're gonna do a captain america 4 at some point with falcon who's now captain america um and they have really good chemistry together so hopefully they can you know make it better than this i also gave it a 14 for enjoyment which brings me home at a 70 overall yeah i'm sitting at a 71 i'm just a little bit higher but same ballpark next up the third MCU show. Oh, real quick, um, before we jump into Loki, uh, WandaVision, 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, 89%. Not a big gap there. Um, 85 audience for Fal- uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, 88 for Wanda. Jumping into the third show, the show I was personally more, you know, the most excited for. Did it end up being my highest scored? We'll see. Loki. Loki and all the variants and all the, the craziness. It has a 92 audience, 92 tomato meter. We get 2012 Loki coming back, you know, Tom Hiddleston. Uh, We got, more importantly, the thing I was probably mostly excited for, Owen Wilson in the MCU, Mobius. Got to make sure I don't call him Morbius. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it it wasn't what I expected, and it was everything I expected at the same time. I expected it to be crazy shit. I expected not to really know what's going on. I expected it to break down barriers for the MCU and how they explain things, which they definitely did. I mean, this changes the whole landscape of the MCU. But I still didn't expect fucking Kang the Conqueror to show up. I guess he's not Kang the Conqueror yet, but I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Um, when he came out and it was the – in the trailer, they showed the scene of um, the the heist dude who jumps out of a plane. Um, D.B. Cooper. I can't think of the name. Yeah, thank you. Um, when they show that, you like everyone was expecting this to be just kind of like a fun, unconsequential yeah. um, type thing of Loki jumping around in the past. And it was not bad at all. Yeah, I remember us talking about it, and we talked about the DB Cooper thing, and we we're like, "Oh, you know, they're gonna make, they're gonna talk about all the, the big teases, you know, or not big teases, but like unsolved mysteries from history." And it'll be like, "Oh, Loki's been behind him, ha ha!" But no, it was just completely not expected in that regard. Like, man, it was way more. Than it was that. really good. What they created was fantastic, and it, it, you know, we were expecting it to be something that really didn't affect the MCU moving forward. And not only did it affect it, it completely changed the landscape of everything in the MCU. Yeah, which it's still a little confusing because, like, the timeline splits, but it's 2010 Loki, but they're at the end of time technically. And it's like, when exactly does the timeline split in correlation to the current day MCU? I don't fucking know. Um, Maybe it's Multiverse of Madness. Maybe they'll explain it, you know, eventually. I don't know. Plot slash story, Ty. I gave this – now, this is tough because – no, it's not tough. I gave it a 16. I was going to say it's tough because it's not, like – 
telling a, like a story like WandaVision where it's like kind of character growth, but it absolutely is. I mean, the whole thing is pretty much Loki learning to love himself. And he's like the one that breaks the trend. He's not the egotistical, like, you know, you see a different, we, we've seen Tom Hiddleston's involvement as the character in the mainline MCU, you know, from, you know, Avengers and Thor one all the way to his eventual death in infinity war. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I don't even know why I said that. And then we kind of reset it. We reset it with cocky, arrogant Loki, and we see this character development in a different way. And Sylvie is a Loki variant, and they fall in love with each other. He's falling in love with himself. That plus how they told this story with the TVA and how it, like, still kind of makes sense, even though, like, it kind of shouldn't. And then they tie it all in at the end with a beautiful ribbon of Kang, the Conqueror, who's not the Conqueror yet, but is pretty much the Conqueror by the end credit scene. 16 out of 20. Yeah, I gave it a 16 as well. Um, I, I like what you said, how they re- – it's, you know, the show's about branching timelines, and this was like a branching character arc for Loki. Yeah. Like, if you watch from Avengers on until, like, bef- you know, up until this show, he's on one path, and then it resets, and it tells another path with Loki on this show. Um, I really like that. I like the story they were told with, with Sylvie, and, you know, Wanda, it was what the fuck's going on. This was kind of similar, but not necessarily. It was kind of like what's going on with TVA. Um, yeah. one point lower for me than, than WandaVision here, just because it wasn't as they got to the point and, and the payoff, while I think the payoff worked well, um, it wasn't as much of a winding, you never know what's going on type thing. It was more of a linear, this is where we're headed. Um, yeah. and, but the, the way they did it was really, really enjoyable and, and the different turns and him going to, I, I don't know what the hell it was called, but the place with all the other Loki variants who have been zapped. Yeah. Um, was it was a cool, fun adventure story that really, really was a lot of fun to watch. Which brings us to visual slash cinema- cinematography, and this might not be fair, but I did give it one point higher than Wandavision. I, I see that's that's why I feel it's the bad CGI for me. Maybe I should have also gave Wandavision a nineteen, but it the bad CGI does it for me. As good as all the other stuff was, I gave Loki a nineteen. <laughs> I just think of that purple planet scene, and you know they're on the planet. You know, um, there's the scene where you know they're about to there's the giant breach or whatever because they're falling in love with each other or whatever and it's just like the cosmicness of everything like i it was beautifully shot like the cgi in this in the, the settings and even the tva which is like dull murky everything had a purpose and i think the sets on this show you know whereas wandavision kind of tweaked one set into all these different things and did great in that way it's like Loki had so many different sets and so many different settings and all of them just kicked ass in my opinion. I mean, maybe the only one that wasn't great was the train, but besides that, like it was all great in my eyes. 19. Uh, I got to go back to story just for a second here. Go for it. Episode two, the bombing of the timeline, meaning nothing really fucking sucked. What do you mean? The bomb? So how they ended where they finally find Sylvie and Sylvie's revealed and she opens all those portals and you see the branch timeline oh, and that's yes, how the episode yes, yes. ends. Yes. And then the next episode, they just don't even address it. And it's just like, yeah, we fixed it. Yeah. That sucked. Yeah. Did not like that. Um, But visuals and cinematography. Yeah. No, it looked fantastic. I gave it an 18. Um, It was right there with WandaVision for me. Um, Everything looked good to where Falcon and the Winter Soldier, if you're on a ground level, you have to do a lot of different things to make it look good. One of those things is like color grading and, and choosing an artistic style. And this was so bright and beautiful. And every episode, um, I don't know which episode it is, but it is when they're on Lamentis and, and it's the, um, like the apocalypse or whatever mm-hmm. for that planet. And there's that long one shot of them running through the city 
and like they're going in and out of buildings and the buildings falling on him and he like catches it puts it back and it's all it's this incredible one shot and god damn it i'm a sucker for one shots yeah me too buddy <laughs> no it, it it looked really 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 good and and it, it just showed that like yeah it's a tv and maybe the budget is isn't as good but they can still make beautiful looking projects um you know even with that smaller budget and it being a tv show yeah i mean if we're just talking plain stills while wandavision you know quirking its own right like if you're just taking the four best stills from each show like loki's probably has the first second and third best one maybe like maybe not all three but you know like there's several just beautiful stills you know um 19 and like king's castle or whatever in the last episode and like just everything going on around it and like the timelines and everything it just looks so good yep key elements this is where i struggled um because it's hard for me like first this this show was hard for me because like wandavision was different falcon winter soldiers mcu wandavision's different but they had their thing they were aiming for obviously you still get you know trying to be the mcu Loki is also different, but, like, not in the we could do a different decade every episode different. It's just, like, a different kind of story. It's not – there's action, but not as much as you would think. Um, look, I, ga- I gave it a 17. It's just – it's I-, I have a hard time explaining almost, like, kind of even what the key elements of the show are. I don't know. You knock yourself out, Ty. I gave this a 17. I also gave it a 17. Um, but I'm also kind of – trying to think of how to explain it. it it's it's not actiony it's very much like a character growth and a storytelling yeah. and the back show, and yeah. forth the back and forth comedy and stuff with mobius and it, it's loki being loki and and that is so good but then there's so many emotional moments and, and with key elements you know obviously we talked about representation of falcon and the winter soldier um just the subtle line that loki's by like that that's oh, that's yeah. something that like is accepted in the comments uh comics but for them to add it to this like that's cool too um but it's just the loving yourself and doing it in a way where it's not just one character but the character growth of one character through two characters it's weird and unique and i loved how they did it yeah it's a character driven show that you know they do a great job of that character driven and it's still some mcu and you still get some what the fuck at the end um which it delivers characters (laughs) i gave this one less then WandaVision. I think Tom Hiddleston's fantastic. I think um, Owen Wilson was great. I want more of him. I think the actress that played Sylvie was also great. Um, I still give it one less just because while there was emotion, it's almost like the emotion was in the writing and everything. And like not only in the writing, like obviously the performances as well. And like I said, Tom Hiddleston had some great moments. I just when I when I think of the two shows, and this is kind of how the scale works in my brain, and maybe this is flawed. Maybe they should get the same character score. I think of what's the best kind of one character moment from each. And I just think of that WandaVision scene and the scene of her breaking down and like, we're hitting the award level scores, you know, so I got to be picky with the points I give out. So I give Loki one less at a 16. Um, I also gave Loki one less, but I also gave WandaVision higher than he did. So I gave it a 17. Um, okay. <laughs> that actress name is Sophia DiMartino. Um, she was very good as Sylvie. Tom Hiddleston knocked out of the park. Owen Wilson was fantastic. And then Jonathan Majors is as, I guess, well, I'm just going to say King. Um, Really, really good in his small amount of time. Oh, yeah. Makes me excited for his role in the future. Just just how terrifying he is while being so subtle about it. It, It's just a fantastic performance in one episode that gets me so excited. Like like you said, I'm so excited for this character based off that one performance where it was like, you can do whatever you want and it just does not fucking matter. Yeah. And, and like, that that is so... 
it's such a strong character and it's so well performed and throughout this entire thing richard e grant as the old loki was really good mm-hmm. um it, it's just a lot of things the, the ravona the the lady who's working with the the tva and um everyone was really good in this um just a notch down it's not like you said the awards the emmys and what uh elizabeth olsen did is fantastic just a notch below that yeah and i mean obviously it's going to be a different version of kang because we're going to get the king the conqueror in the future so he's not going to be the exact same kind of character where this is almost like a he was different in this but still like man he was great jonathan majors i'm glad you brought him up like he was he was in what one episode and he stole the show. I mean, his one episode was all just pretty much dialogue. Like it was all just him telling a story and, you know, explaining everything. And he fucking kicked ass in it. And like I said, I mean, part of the equation with the MCU is getting excited for the future. And now I'm extremely excited, not just for Loki season two, but to see him, you know, in a different iteration of him in future projects, which brings me. Yeah. To- uh, I, Go ahead. Well, I just, just going off of that. Like it, it's so exciting and it's, that performance in one episode and it's so dialogue heavy and he nails it and he's more terrifying than the guy who killed half the universe in, in this with Thanos. Like that <laughs> little subtlety about him is just so fucking good. Thanos was right, man. Thanos was right. Um, <laughs> enjoyment. I gave it a 19, one notch above WandaVision. It was my favorite. Uh, spoiler. It was my favorite of the five. <laughs> um, I gave it a 19, not quite Spider-Man, no way home 20, not quite law abiding citizen 20 but a 19 for my man Loki. Yeah, I, a little bit lower. I gave it an 18. Uh, it's tied with WandaVision for enjoyment. Um, I won't say final scores, but <laughs> tied with WandaVision for enjoyment. Um, I enjoyed the first half of WandaVision more. I enjoyed the first half of Loki less, but it was more consistent throughout with the enjoyment. Um, this is enjoyment based on first watching experience, I guess, and the stories being told and everything. Um, it, it's Loki's fantastic though. And, and, these two really are so, so good. And it makes sense for me to have them tied because they're, it was hard for me like doing the score to see which one came out on top. Cause they're both fantastic. And I, I love both of them. Well, I gave uh, Loki overall an 87 out of 100. I gave Loki a 86 out of a hundred um, right there with the fantastic show. Uh, really nothing bad to say about it. Absolutely. Within the lines would not be possible without anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Wherever you want to listen to your podcast, Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Uh, which brings us to what if. Um, probably the quickest we'll talk about this. Uh, one of these yeah. shows. We're, we're getting on to 45 minutes here. We're right where I thought we'd be. <laughs> um, what if. I mean, it's different. It's it, it, was a, it was a, I don't want to say an experiment because it's not an experiment. But it's just, it's straying off the path and like giving them the more, more freedom to tell these unique stories that aren't mainline MCU. Um, 
and just have fun with it. It was just a let's have fun with it, you know, kind of show. Not consequential, not live action, obviously. Um, just meant to be like a show that, you know, you watch like the Spider-Man series when we were kids. Um, plot slash story. There isn't like an overarching story. You know, each episode is different. But it does come together at the end, which I wasn't expecting. Like, I was not expecting there to be like this big bad Ultron getting the Infinity Gauntlet with, which, holy shit, fucking badass. Um, you know, and then bringing all the episodes, the, the heroes of all the episodes together. It's a little, you kind of have to, I know the way they did it, like, you know, how they beat Ultron and everything, their circumstances, but like, I don't know, they built Ultron up to be this super, super big bad. I mean, fuck, it's Ultron with the Infinity Gauntlet. And then it's like, oh, we get Vegas Thor and, you know, all these, these characters to beat him. Well, they don't even beat him. They kind of just trap him and Killmonger together, which sucks for Killmonger. Um, I gave it a 12. I, I liked, you know, if it was individual stories, I might have given it a little bit lower. Some of the individual stories were great. Some of them were lackluster. Um, but those evened out and the way they tied it all together at the end led to a 12 for me. Uh, I gave it a 10. I, I, I was also surprised by it all coming together. But for the most part, the stories just weren't what I was hoping for. And the issue is each story is kind of telling like a movie arc in a very short amount of time. Yeah, 33 and minutes or I, whatever it was. Yeah, and I, I it really is the first one. It's just the perfect example of they do Captain America, the first Avenger, just with Peggy Carter. But they do that whole movie in a third of the time. Bless them, and, probably. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you know, it's cool to see these different things. But the stories just are not there, and it just doesn't work on an episode thing. Like, each thing just is kind of like, oh, okay. Like, I I, I didn't like the first one. The, the only story that I enjoyed that I think they effectively did was Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. And it, because it was its own unique thing. Um, and that Doctor Strange episode was fantastic. It was really, really good because they weren't trying to copy something else. It was this own story that branched off of an event from the movie. And then told its own thing. And I think the way that played out in the ending of that episode was incredible. Um, outside of that, though, the series as a whole just didn't do it for me. The finale was cool to see them all come together. But again, to have like this ragtag group of heroes defeat, you know, basically two um, Avenger villains <laughs> in Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet and Ultron. Um, and it just it didn't it didn't work for me admittedly well i mean they built ultron up he's literally going to different universes and wiping out whole universes because he can hear the fucking watcher like he is as big as you can be like he might as well come out of the tv screen and fucking kill me like that's how big you're building him up to be <laughs> um and it's just like maybe a weird move to build i i they're having fun with it i'm not going to criticize it too much but man the scene where he fucking just thanos shows up with the gauntlet and then um uh, ultron looks at him and she's like oh interesting and then uses his laser beam and fucking just down the middle like it's like fuck you're a fucking badass you just killed thanos in fucking 10 seconds um <laughs> took the avengers two movies <laughs> uh visuals and cinematography i don't think it's upper level animation it's different though it's supposed to look more like a comic book not so much um into the spider-verse which nails this that's mm -hmm. that nails the the comic book-esque animation but i mean it's not you know run-of-the-mill spider-man from our childhood animation you know it, it has its own unique style it's not Pixar. It's not 3D animation. It's not going to, you know, hit those upper levels. But in terms of being its own style of animation and executing that properly, I thought it was what, you know, it did what it wanted to do, I guess, in that regard. I gave it a, I lost my score here, a 15. 
I also gave it a 15. Um, I, I really don't have much else to say. You, you can be unique, like, into the Spider-Verse, like you said, and still be really, really good. This was unique and just okay outside of that. Yeah, it was um, just... It was unique. That's really all the points that it's getting. It didn't <laughs> look bad. It didn't look great, but it was its own thing, and I appreciated that. Yeah, it has its own style where when you're watching What If, you know, in the future, because they announced season two, like, you know it's What If. So it's not yeah. just, you know, any – it could have been any anime on any show. Um that leads us to key elements. Ugh. You know, I'm going to bump this down, Ty. Uh, my score is just getting lower as we go along. Um, I apologize to what if. I'll fire off. I'll fire off. I gave it a 12. Uh, that's what I just changed stories. it to before you even said it, but continue. The short story is like, while it's cool to see these different things, and, and it was cool to get one last performance out of uh, Chadwick Boseman and like see that different character arc and everything, it just, it was okay. It was just so again i've said it twice now so inconsequential um and it it was just you know they happened and some of them were neat some of them weren't some of them hit some of them didn't but it and they all came together which i wasn't expecting but it just it was okay yeah i mean in it's 12 is not a under 500 score 500 meaning batting average um it's a six out of ten it's just like you know, and that might seem a little harsh for anyone who really likes these what-if shows because the the counterpoint is, well, these are really fun. Like, these are just fun viewing experiences. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, like, yeah, if we pick them apart compared to the movies, obviously they're not going to stand up. But I think it's fair for the most part to be like, yeah, they're fun. They're fun to watch, but they lack the depth and everything else that comes in these kind of, you know, in an MCU property, which just holds it back. You know, it could be fun, but it's still an MCU property that, you know, didn't have the, the character development and didn't have all that, that, it probably should have. Yeah, and even with them being fun, like some of them weren't, I, I guess, in my opinion. Like some of them were just whatever. They told a different story and it happened and we moved on and that was that. Like they could have been a lot more fun. They could have got really weird with it. But they just kind of, you know, they were they were okay. There, it, nothing was bad. It just nothing stood out and made this the really fun, exciting, different, you know, told stories of the MCU stuff that we love. Yeah, the more we talk about this movie, the more I'm moving it down. It's horrible. This is a TV show, Jay. This isn't our patent pending oh, movie scale. This is our patent pending TV scale. Right. Um, which brings us to characters. Look, I gave it a 10. I originally had it a 12. I bumped it down because I realized it's animation and there's not as much skill with voiceover. Sorry, any voiceover artists. Um, <laughs> there were some really cool, compelling characters. I thought Ultron was badass. I thought, you know, Doctor Strange, obviously, like you mentioned, really cool episode. I thought um the episode even when hank pym is the one that's like ruining the avengers and it's like you know he has a grudge and everything like because you know his daughter and everything or his wife or whichever ones i forget but like <laughs> that's pretty kind of compelling you know like they're not i don't want to say super compelling but it's interesting but then you have like vegas thor and sharon carter and you know peggy it, peggy carter or peggy carter excuse me and it's just like you know it's hit it's hit or miss um so i gave it a 10 yeah, I gave it a 10, too. And honestly, this is so strongly held up by the Doctor Strange one. For me, it's not even funny. Um, <laughs> and I'm really excited that they're bringing that into live action with the trailer for Doctor Strange. Um, spoiler alert. But, uh, you know, we already did the spoiler review. <laughs> Spoilers carry over per episode. Um, but, yeah, I mean, outside of that, like, some of them were good, but most of them weren't. Uh, most of them were whatever, and it just it did not do a lot for me at all in, in terms of characters. I think that's like the fourth time on what if you've said it hasn't, it didn't do a lot for you. <laughs> it just, it didn't, I didn't like it. I wanted to like it so much more. Well, and like, I expected this to be the one I didn't care about and God damn it. I was right. Well, you said you didn't like it. How much 
didn't you like it on a scale from one to 20? I just dropped it down a point. It's an eight. Oh, wow. I dropped mine down too. <laughs> <laughs> it's an eight. It, it, it just, it wasn't, it, it wasn't what they could have done with it. And Hey, maybe season two is better. Maybe season two, they see where they could have improved. And, and that one turns out to be really fun. Interesting stories are really, you know, if they aren't fun, exciting little adventure things, they're really cool character deep dives like the Doctor Strange one. But for the most part, it wasn't. And I did not have fun with it. I dropped mine. Um, I dropped it to a 13. Um, no, nah, I'll say it, uh, 12. I dropped it 12, but then I was like, I'm going to give it more love. But I'm not going to give it um, 12. Yeah, it's just some of them are fun. Like, some of them are fun. Turn your brain off, you know, which you kind of maybe don't want to do with the MCU. You know, and I like the ending and how they did that besides, you know, stretching the logic a little bit with, you know, this ragtag group, you know, going up against Ultron. But, you know, it, it was it was fun at points. It was inconsequential mostly. And it was whatever at other points, you know, I, I didn't hate it. I wasn't sitting there like I, I don't want to watch this. Um, it was just it was what it was. I'm not going to rewatch it. And I understand why someone might really like this. And I understand why it might, you know, not do it for someone like Tyler. Okay, I didn't do it for me, Jay. My final score is a 55. The only thing so far uh, below the line. Mine's also below the line of a 61. And I just want to point out that it lost 13 points, I believe, in the course of us (laughs) just talking about it, Um, which is not a good thing. Usually you want to gain points when we're talking about it. Yeah, the more we look into your thing, the more we like it less. Not great. (laughs) Which leads us to our fifth and final show. Um, Just wrapped up, what, last week, two weeks ago. Hawkeye. Yeah. Hawkeye is a hot guy. Um, this was more the Falcon and the Winter Soldier um, MCU-ness rooted in reality-ness. But what I really liked about Hawkeye compared to Falcon and the Winter Soldier is I, I mentioned earlier Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's the fate of the universe isn't on the line. Um, but they still kind of made it a little bit more complicated than it needed to be with the Flag Smashers and you know, all that stuff. Like sometimes when you're telling these smaller stories, you don't have to, even if you're not adding universes on the line stakes, you don't have to like add these little extra stakes. Hawkeye. I really, really liked how it's a, I don't want to say condensed. It is a, you know, it's a story in its own bubble It is a story. That's not going to impact Dr. Strange. It's not going to impact Spider-Man. It's not going to impact Hulk, whatever. Maybe it does in some way or shape or form. I don't know, but it's the story of Hawkeye and Kate Bishop and Hawkeye kind of not only getting over the death of Black Widow, but also kind of coming to the music, I guess. I, I can't think of the phrase, like with his Ronin days and kind of, you know, facing that head on and kind of completing that character arc. And we're getting kind of the, the end of the Ronin character, which wasn't a huge character, but it was, you know, they obviously mentioned it and they, they could have just, you know, thrown it away, but they didn't. And just to be the, its own story like this and not overcomplicate it and not make it bigger. Yeah, they added Kingpin and you could argue, you know, that made it maybe bigger than it needed to be. But look, they were more setting Kingpin up for future things than necessarily, you know, the big payoff of Hawkeye, I think, was, you know, the Yelena Hawkeye, you know, kind of apology scene. I feel like that was the more impactful kind of scene. Whereas Kingpin, you know, it's kind of setting up Echo more than anything. Um, I like that. I really like it about it. I gave it a 15 for plot slash story. Yeah, I also give it a 15. Um, uh, it's it's definitely something that stands alone. And I definitely, you know, it's the biggest thing is a single dude's murder and like Kate Bishop's family and stuff. And then Hawkeye's, you know, it's literally just a villain versus a hero. 
with Echo and, you know, Kingpin and them trying to get Ronan. Mm -hmm. And like, that's as simple as it has to be. It doesn't ever try to be more than that. And and that's, I really appreciated that with it because they looked at this and they wanted to tell just a simple story. And I think for the most part they did. And it didn't have like these crazy twists or speculation, you know, the watch thing or whatever. Like it wasn't that kind of show like the other ones. It is, you know, it made its own path and, not to say that it made its own path like in TV, like this is just simple stuff, but it never tried to be more. And it did a good job of not stretching it too thin, trying to make it more than it needed to be. Yep. Um, it, it just was what it was. And 15 is, you know, a good representation of that. They executed that. And it also still set up things for the future. Like the MCU has to do with, you know, like I said, echo and Kingpin, but also, you know, we we had the Yelena post credit with Black and Black Widow, you know, Milu Dreyfus character, whose name I always forget. I just always call her by her actress's name. And then finding out Kate Bishop's mom is the one that hired her. Like, a little bit of question marks there and setting up, you know, the Dark Avengers, Kingpins, Dark Avengers, however they want to name it, call it, whatever they want to do. Like, subtly inching the needle more towards that. So, um. yeah. And, and obviously, like, the Ronan thing wasn't a big thing on TV, but it's implied that that was like a multi year thing for him. And yeah. it was a lot about him coming to terms with what he did and, and, you know, being one of the heroes who kind of lost their shit during the blip and finishing his story arc there. Um, and, and the other half of that is it was, you know, character introductions. They set up Kate Bishop, the introducer, and that was fantastic. And then Echo introducing that part of it and creating this, you know, villain counterpart um, was also done fairly well. And introducing uh, Daredevil's Kingpin into the fold. Bring, yeah, bringing him into the mainline MCU. That also was a, a large part. Which brings me to visual slash cinematography. Look, there's some stuff that was really well in this. The car scene. We talked about it episode Ooh. two? Episode three? I don't remember what episode. Yeah. We talked about it on the pod. Sure. Um, the car scene was badass. Really liked it. Um, the hand-to-hand combat. Limited with Hawkeye with a bow and arrow and everything. Was done pretty decent. Like, was done well. I wouldn't say it was any worse than uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And the car scene elevates it a little bit. But you have the texting scenes, which, man, um, the, the fake texting in this movie is the worst I've ever seen. And just from an overall CGI point, I know my TV, for whatever reason, like can spot out CGI like a sore thumb for some reason. I don't know why. Some of it just like like the, the scene where they're fighting on the roof when Yelena first comes in. Like, while I think the choreography was well, like really well, um, there were some scenes you could tell like things – you know, it was someone in front of a blue screen or whatever. Like, the budget wasn't as high for this. So I think it has some really good elements, but then it also has some elements that kind of took me out of it, if I'm being honest. Um, and maybe it's just my TV, but the texting for sure. I mean, not just my TV. That's everyone. Everyone said that. So I gave it – all that being said, though, I still gave it a 14. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I also gave it a 14. Okay. Um, now, with that being said, the worst texting scene ever, uh, that very well could be true because you figure – Texting didn't come into the mainstream until computer technology caught up to where CGI looked good. Yeah. <laughs> so that very, that very well could be the worst texting on screen ever. I'm sure there's some... Dude, it would have looked better. They would never do this in an MCU property. It would have looked better if he was actually on an iPhone texting and they just recorded the fucking iPhone screen. Like... <laughs> yeah, and... You know, there wasn't a whole a whole lot um, in terms of, like, color and cool visuals and, like you said, like, screen grabs. Like, the choreography and the fighting was – it was okay. Um, I, I liked the warehouse scene when, when they're trapped uh, – not trapped, they're, like, captured 
mm-hmm. and they break out and like that fight sequence. I like the rooftop one with Echo, Elena, um, K Bishop and Hawkeye. Um, God damn it. I'm a sucker for one shots and that car one shot was fantastic, <laughs> but the rest of the stuff doesn't do enough to bring it up. For sure. For sure. Um, next up key elements again, kind of weird. Uh, the, I, the key elements of the MCU, you know, you think of big, broad stories. It's not that. But at the same time, they were trying to tell this individual story in, in, in its own way and kind of complete the Ronin character arc and almost kind of complete Hawkeye's character arc as a whole. I don't think he's gone from the MCU, but I don't think he's going to have much of a character arc that's going to kind of be passed down to Kate Bishop. Um, they completed that really well, which is part of the key elements, in my opinion. Um, the MCU stuff, it was MCU stuff. It felt like an MCU show. You had the humor, you had the great chemistry, you know, Yelena and, um, Kate Bishop, again, going into characters a little bit there, but I I thought, you know, they, they did what they wanted to do with this Hawkeye show based in reality and everything could have been better. Yeah. It could have been more, but in terms of just based in reality, MCU, like, you know, if this came out in 2009 before our MCU expectations, everyone would be like, Oh my God, this is amazing. You know? So I gave it a 16. Uh, One higher 17. Um, I think the comedy was really, really good in this. Um, it'll show later, but Kate Bishop's one of my favorite introductions, um, that they've had in the MCU in a little while. Uh, I think that character was really funny, really well executed. Um, the emotional moments with, with Clint Barton and his family and, and Natasha and, you know, him being away from his family and, you know, obviously the implications that he did a lot of bad shit for five years without them. And he finally got them back and he's still having to stay away from them and not spend the time he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's doing that to protect them and help this random person. Um, you know, I think that kind of stuff and the emotional stuff, it, it was really good for me. The scene where his hearing aid is broken and Kate is like writing on the paper so he can talk to his son. That shit got me a little teary eyed. <laughs> Uh, you know, the emotional stuff worked really good. The humor worked fantastic with Kate, especially with Yelena. Um, I know after the episode where she was introduced, I was pissed off because she wasn't saying anything. And I was like, she was the best part of Black Widow and the, the talking scenes and the comedy. She's, you know, right alongside Kate Bishop is another one of my favorite introductions into the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they redeemed it with the next episode and just a fantastic, hilarious scene. Um, so I, I think overall it was really funny. It you know wasn't grand in scale like the MCU can be at times, but the grounded emotional stuff and the comedy worked really really well for me. Um, real quick, ninety two tomato meter, ninety two audience that ties okay. it with Loki for the highest tomato meter of the shows. Oh no, it doesn't. Sorry, excuse me. What if ninety three? No. Yeah, the highest ninety five audience. I'm telling you, we're in the minority with what if Ty. I I I mean I gave it a terrible score. I'm fine with that. I think it's just because it's digestible and you know. Um, but when you compare it to other the MCU limited limited series, it just it falls behind. Like if we did a episodic TV show, like I don't know, it's just different. It's just different. Um, it does lend itself well to score high in Rotten Tomatoes. Like, is it a bad watch? I yeah. think most people could say no, it's fine, and they could recommend it. Yeah, characters. We kind of touched on it a lot. I gave it a seventeen. Um, Hawkeye. You know, I I honestly doubted. Um, I know Jeremy Renner's got like Academy Awards and everything everything but like hawkeye hasn't been the most compelling guy and it's like you kind of worry about you know him leading this and that's why this is so great is because it's like no they knew they could tell a compelling story and jeremy renner can obviously get the job done and he was fantastic in this um kate bishop uh Haley steinfeld she was great in this as well um and their chemistry and kind of the, the buddy cop dry humor of of uh of uh what's his name fucking jeremy renner and then the the comedic timing of Haley Steinfeld, like it worked really well. And she's kind of like the deer in the headlights and the fan and everything. 
and then you get that that little the little dash of Florence Pugh in there um, at the end, which she's phenomenal. She's fantastic. Best part of Black Widow. Kingpin is who he is. I think he's got more in store for the future. Um, Echo, I think they did a good thing with her because like I'm interested in her character. They didn't give us a lot with her, but they gave me enough to make me interested. And I want her moment and her character moments and everything to happen in her show. And we got that that taste in this episode in this series. Um, her henchman, whatever. Jumpsuit Mafia was even fucking funny. Um, I, I really <laughs> like. I really liked everyone in this show. They're all really likable. Is anyone going to win an Emmy for this? Actually, maybe they might get nominated. I, I don't, you know, but they might not. It might not have reached that super high ceiling. But like, I, I just don't see the floor of this. I mean, who's the worst person in this? I mean, shit. Even uh, Jack was good. Even the mom Jack's so good. was like, maybe she's the worst, and she's not even bad. Yeah. Like, it, it, everyone, the no. floor is so high on this. So that's why it's seventeen. Yeah, I think you're spot on with the mom being the worst thing, and she isn't that bad. Jack, as you know, the red herring of this show, um, you know, thinking he's bad, and then at the end, just being a fantastic, weird, like dad energy, and then just stabbing people with swords. So good, <laughs> just so good. Um, Kingpin in his limited role, obviously, he's had incredible scenes in the Daredevil show, um, and you know, he's one of you know, for people who are fans of that show, he's one of the best villains. Um, that's ever been put on screen in his performance like just such a rabid fan base for him he was good in his small role obviously i would have liked more of him they aggressively hinted around him the entire time until the end which is Um, the most absurd part of the whole show (laughs) yeah just say it just say it right off the bat you're not surprising anyone that was there like all the other ones were like what the fuck was going on that was their like speculation part and it was just so cut and dry that it was like yeah this is gonna be kingpin it's just is he gonna show up is he gonna be this actor yeah might as well say the name um, outside of that, though, you know, like I said, Kate Bishop, fantastic. Jeremy Renner, fantastic. Um, again, with the representation of, you know, we had Eternals with the deaf character in that, but this was, you know, very much she was the main antagonist of this and fantastic with that representation and, and her performance while being, you know, not, you know, complete opposite of what you're saying where voice actors aren't talented. Um, this is an actor without a voice. So shout out that and still giving a good role, a uh, good performance in her role. Um, everyone is really, really good in this and no, it's not the Academy, you know, award-winning level that WandaVision was that Loki potentially know, maybe. Yeah. But everyone is just so consistently good throughout Florence Pugh being in it is it's, it's really good. Everyone is really What'd good. What'd you give it? Did you give your score? 17. Okay. Give it 17. Um, you might've heard me chuckle. The audience might've heard me chuckle when you said representation with deaf characters. Um, I thought you were going to say Hawkeye. <laughs> That's what I chuckled. I was like, Tyler, don't oh. say this. Like my, my brain blanked on echo. And I'm like, you were not about to say Hawkeye's representation for deaf people. He has a fucking hearing aid. <laughs> hearing impaired. He's hearing impaired. <laughs> no, not him though. Echo. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, which brings me to enjoyment. Um, I gave it a 15. I was maybe going to bump it up, but I'm, I'm going to stand true with my 15. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I don't think it, it's, might not be as rewatchable as some of these other shows, um, particularly Loki, Loki and WandaVision. And I, I don't, it's weird because I, I feel like the highs with this maybe not weren't as high as it could have been, which maybe got a 16, 17. But like, there wasn't a lot of lows. I was never dull. I never felt like, man, this is too long, you know, like some Falcon and Winter Soldier parts. It's like, okay, come on, let's get on with this. Like, it, it was consistently good for me. And maybe, you know, it, it's a borderline 15, 16. I'm going to stick with 15. Um, I, I was at 16. I bumped it up to 17. I, I think, I think I, I 
kind of completely disagree with the rewatchability. I think all of these episodes have enjoyable moments and, and you know, the comedy in it will play on rewatch and, and you'll enjoy a lot of it. And yeah, maybe the story isn't as rewatchable, but you know, like same thing, WandaVision, the story isn't as rewatchable while watching it and there's still tension, but I think through this one, it's that lighthearted humor that just continues um, throughout the entire thing. And the emotional moments hit, but the, the comedy and, and the Kate Bishop, uh, Clint Barton chemistry is just really enjoyable for me throughout. Okay, fair enough. Did I say my score? 17. Yeah, you did, 17. Um, my final score for Hawkeye, 77. My final score is an 80 out of 100. Okay. Which brings us to the conclusion of this podcast. Thanks for listening along if you've made it this far. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you would be so kind. We're going to rank all five shows. We're going to rank all nine MCU properties. I think we start with just the shows, right? How do we? How should we do this? Let's do just the shows, and then we'll, we'll see how they fall in with the entire list. Number five, which if you're following along, you could have written the scores down. You already know the rankings. I don't think anyone would have done the math along, and you probably have a good idea, but I don't know. Maybe you don't. Number five. What if coming in with a consensus score of 58 out of 100? Yeah. Uh, what if more like what if the show was better? <laughs> You've been waiting on that. You've been holding that line all fucking episode, haven't you? <laughs> I've been brewing on it. <laughs> um, spoiler. Only show below the line of 64 yeah, and a half mean, or lower. We, we've expressed our concerns with it. It's just it's not. There's a considerable gap between this and the rest of the shows for me. I agree. Next up. Number four. Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming in with a one point difference, 70 and a half consensus. It's above, the, not above the line, excuse me. It's within the lines up at 70 and a half, but it's still lower mid tier, maybe mid tier Marvel. It's, it's again, the story was fucked up. They had to change it and it was salvageable, but it could have been so much better. So honestly, maybe the most disappointing. I don't know. For me, for me, it for sure is because I was hoping this was in the fucking nineties, a fantastic grounded story, and it just it wasn't. It was still a good time, and I agree it's mid tier Marvel, but biggest disappointment by far. Next up, number three, another grounded story did better than Falcon and Winter Soldier though. Hawkeye, you gave it an eighty, I gave it a seventy-seven, coming in seventy-eight and a half consensus score. You know that feels that feels fair. That feels fair. Yeah, it's it's within the lines still. Um, I, I put it right at that edge of above the line. I feel like that's where it is. It's, it's just teetering. It's really good. It's a fun watch. Um, it's, you know, the ones above it are better a hundred percent, but it's a fun watch and, and they, they did a good job with it. Well, you did put it above the line cause it's 80 plus you gave it an 80. And this is a case where obviously it wouldn't be the same if it was a movie because you wouldn't be able to tell the story as you did. But if it had a movie budget, it's probably three points higher for both of us. You know, so then we're looking at a what, 81 and a half, 82 in that range. So, you know, yeah. almost the thing what made it good is kind of what held it down because they were too busy doing the budget for Loki. They didn't give enough budget for good fucking phone CGI. Um, <laughs> number two. Wow. This pains me. Number two MCU show of the year. Loki. Yeah. going to be number one. Coming in with an 86 and a half. You gave it an 86. I gave it an 87. And that leads leaves the way for WandaVision to be the number one show of the year, MCU. 87.5. I gave Loki and WandaVision the same score, which hurts my heart because I thought I liked Loki more. I gave it more enjoyment, but it ended up being the same. The scale doesn't lie. I can't disagree with it. You gave WandaVision 88 compared to an 86 for Loki, so it edges Loki out by a point. You know what? Well, I would say I disagree, but I don't. I gave him the same score. Look, they're a point apart. They're obviously the upper tier of this. 
and then it's everything else. As good as Hawkeye is, and then it's everything else. Yeah, it's these two were by far the best, and and you know, with WandaVision being so good, and then it kind of fell off with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then it picked back up with Loki, and then it fell real off with Blood If. <laughs> picked back up for Hawkeye. I'm concerned for the next one because we're having a real up and down kind of thing. Here. Uh, Moon Knight's going to be badass. I'm excited for Moon Knight. Moon Knight should be fantastic. Moon Knight's going to be everything I hope Falcon and the Winter Soldier would be um, with, you know, kind of a, a lower ground level show being fantastic. Um, I'm excited for it. But there's our five. Now, overall, in 2021, the MCU released nine projects. Yep. Um, not counting Venom as a MCU adjacent because he did appear in the MCU. <laughs> I didn't think about that till right now. He, we're not counting that. That movie fucking sucked too. <laughs> it would have came in 10th. I mean, are we sure of that? Probably. You I have hope the so. score. Um, Venom has a 59.5. 56.5. We're talking Venom. Let there be carnage. Is it 56? Yeah. You're looking at Venom one. Oh, <laughs> oops. 56.5, which would have put it in last. Okay. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> It's close, though. It's close with What If. There was a race there. First Venom beats it. Yeah, it does. Um, in order, What If coming at 9, 58. Already talked about it. Falcon the Winter Soldier coming in at 8, 70.5. Coming at 7th, Black Widow, the Phase 3 movie that came out four years too late, um, coming out of 77. <laughs> which, honestly, if that movie comes out five years ago, it might be a little bit higher just because it's like, hey, we we know that we don't know that Black Widow's dead. <laughs> like, I, that Yeah, no. Had to have taken away a little For sure. Bit. Um, that had a 77 <laughs> right above that Hawkeye. It, I, I like that those two are close, even though I know you like Hawkeye more than black widow. I like that they're close because Hawkeye kind of ties in, ties up some of those loose ends from black widow, 78.5 eternals, 82.5, which I gave it a 76. You gave it an 89. I still don't like where it stands. I feel like it's a high seventies movie. I don't think it should be above the line, but we do this together. And you know, unfortunately we have some people rank ranking eternals as an 89 tie fucking fantastic movie i love it i still love it i stand by my score all right uh and then we have loki 86 and a half number four number three wandavision 87 and a half so our top show gets the bronze medal and that is because the mcu released its best origin story movie since iron man ever since ever yeah probably iron man i really like doctor strange but I, it's not like this black panther is up there, but I don't Black Panther is an origin story, but it's kind of not an origin story. But I guess if you do count Black Panther, the best origin story since Black Panther and probably a little bit better because it doesn't have terrible CGI. That's Shang-Chi with a phenomenal 89 and a half, almost at the 90 club. You gave it a 90. I gave it an 89. Just a, a great movie. A great, great, great movie. And the number Fantastic. one, it had to be number one. It's number like, um, real quick. Let me check. It's our number fourth ranked movie of all time spider-man no way home 92 and a half best mcu project of the year probably gonna be the best mcu project for a long time but i don't know ty this year's fucking exciting because we got more mcu mcu shows i'm excited for moon knight jonathan isaac's great i'm excited for she hulk because i'm fucking stoked for professor hulk to get the fuck out of my life you said jonathan it's oscar isaac i don't know who jonathan isaac jonathan isaac's a basketball player on the orlando magic Um, we have Multiverse of Madness, which looks like it's going to be madness. We have Thor Love and Thunder, which if Taika's involved, right? Taika's involved. Oh, fuck yeah, he is. This seems like Taika's fucking brainchild. So it's going to, you know, it's going to continue to be good. Um, I'm excited. The MCU, I'm hoping to build off some of the the momentum. Black Widow, mid. 
Eternals, mid. But then you got mm-hmm. Shang-Chi, which I think Eternals came after Shang-Chi, but that doesn't fit my narrative. Shang-Chi, Spider-Man, carrying the momentum into the new year. No, I mean, if you're looking at it, we had eight MCU projects that we would put within the lines, uh, give it a fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Eight different projects. Yeah. That's incredible. That's so much fun in one year. We also have uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, which, again, I just said Shang-Chi was the best origin story since Black Panther 1, so we're getting another one. So and- Yeah, I, oh, it'll, be, it'll be fun to watch. I'm excited for next year. I love what they did this year with everything. I love the introduction of the Disney Plus series and, and what they can do with it and you know how they'll affect the movies moving forward um they they to this point really the only like crossover has been yelena and hawkeye um yeah i mean falcon and the winter soldiers just you know people but there's nothing that like a movie has affected a show um gotta imagine that that doesn't say the same or we're gonna just be an intertwined fucking mess and it's gonna be so much fun yeah and they obviously have the stuff they're setting up for the shows stuff they're setting up for the movies i just want to read the schedule um Heading on. I don't have a random Rotten Tomato score for you, Ty. Um, that's on me. I just I didn't think about it because we're not doing a movie. The upcoming schedule. It's fucking exciting. It's fucking exciting, Ty. Because you have some of these. I don't know how confirmed they are. I mean, they're not confirmed, confirmed, but I'm assuming Wikipedia can't lie to me. I already mentioned Doctor Strange, Thor, Black Panther. And then 2023, already confirmed. The Marvels, Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel. Um, fucking what's her name from WandaVision, that girl. Um, what's her oh, name? Oh, uh, Monica Rambeau. Monica Rambeau. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, James Gunn. He's back in the MCU, mm-hmm. baby. We know what he does. He does great things. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. I wouldn't be excited for Ant-Man and the Wasp if it wasn't for uh, Jonathan Majors being fucking kick-ass and he's going to be in this. And then you have Fantastic Four TBA, but that's been announced. So that's going to come probably... I mean, they don't have a slot. I mean, all these subject to be pushed back because of COVID. But they don't have a slot for that holiday... 2023 yet that november december time slot boom boom put fantastic four in there i'm hitting you with the boom john madden style r.i.p and then future projects we have blade badass we have untitled deadpool film which is reportedly in development with kevin feige and ryan reynolds uh producing that's fucking awesome it's deadpool in the mcu how can you not get excited about that then you have captain america falcon is captain america look i'm excited for that maybe not as much as the others then you have shang chi (laughs) sequel shang chi was fantastic and then it says untitled mutant centered film which is probably going to happen like 2026 i'm just excited this is we always looked ahead we've been talking about spider-man no way home is the thing we're so excited for and i'm just even more excited now ty because it's fucking great and again that list that just got you so excited doesn't even include all the tv shows and projects they have planned yeah so much more content so much more fun um i fucking love the mcu i love talking about it i love watching it one more thing Um, before you send us off Fire away. Marvel Studios is also working on an unknown project with Scarlett Johansson as that who will serve as a producer. And she said a quote that says um, she touts the positive impact of the Black Widow lawsuit. So they're bringing her back to be a producer on something. Fucking nice. Stunt. I've got to imagine that's a film involving Elena. Probably. Or show. <laughs> I just and I'm, I'm happy for it. Um, I, I again, Black Widow wasn't my favorite. Still would have given it a fresh. Still a fun watch um yeah i like where it's headed i like everything they've come out with except for what if uh (laughs) even season two though could be good you got anything else jay i don't my friend um it was fun it was fun ranking it looking back on this year such a such a i mean this this last year wasn't as bad 2020 was a shit year 2021 a little bit better here's 2022 in mcu in the meantime be a good friend everybody
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.